Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello. Welcome to Blizzard Watch, the podcast where we talk about various Blizzard games because that's that is our raison d'etre. That's that's what we do every week, we, and we like doing it. You can't stop us. Now, not even like you know, cutting off the stream can stop us. Uh, with me this week are two fantastic co-hosts. I I actually do a show with them every other week anyway, so it's it's like an extra one. It's it's really great this week. I'm going to introduce him first because he's not usually on this podcast. Uh, he's the shaman columnist for WoW Insider, and he also knows. And I just said that word. Uh, Oof. Uh, and he also knows a lot about lore. Um, Joe Perez. Hey, Joe. How are you this week? I am doing fantastic. How about yourself? Uh, not great, but we don't need to talk about it. <laughs> well, in any event, thank you for having me today. Oh, thanks for being here, man. It's it's really great. Uh, I sound like I don't mean that, but I actually really do. I, I was just thinking about that bunny you drew for me. Do you remember that bunny you drew for me? Dude, Thunder Fury, yes. Yeah, that was one of my favorite. That's still also one, one of my favorites. I love it. Yeah. If anybody if anybody hasn't seen that, uh, I'll, I'll I'll get Matt to retweet it later. Or I'll tweet it out later on. Yeah, it's it is a really awesome picture. It's a it's a rabbit in Warrior Tier Two, uh, the Battle Gear of Wrath, with Thunder Fury and the Elementium reinforced bulwark. It's just the best. It's the most awesome picture. If I had to be a rabbit, this is the rabbit I want to be. <laughs> also how, with us this week. Oh, I'm sorry, man. You were saying? I was gonna say it's just how I envision you. Yes. <laughs> if only. Uh, also with us this week, as she is just about every week, even if I'm not here, she's here, uh, because we have her sealed in a, in a tomb, and her only release is via microphone, uh, Anne Stickney. I am but a voice in the void. <laughs> so what have you been up to? Um, this, that, the other. A lot of stuff. Actually, most of the stuff that I've been doing has been out of game over the last week. Um both catching up on reading, which we'll talk about in a little bit, but also um, my father and I are working on the back room of the house, like getting that refinished. It didn't actually like have a floor. It had, it was like half plywood and then this concrete slab. So now there's a floor and there's tile on the floor and there's drywall on the walls and it's all been painted. And this weekend was mostly painting trim. 
So I apologize in advance if there are any construction noises during the podcast, but my dad is 86 and I can't tell him no. So <laughs> the fact that your father in 86 has decided to continually rebuild the house is something nothing short of amazing to me. Oh, yeah. No, I, he's, I, he's 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 like. I hope I'm like that when I'm 86. <laughs> he yeah, just doesn't that's... know when to stop. He, he never stops. He just keeps right on trucking on. So, yeah, we're having fun with it. All right. Uh, lots of, there's actually quite a few things to talk about this week in terms of Blizzard news. One thing I just found out after I'd already sent out the email, so I'll talk about it first, is that Diablo might be going free to play. No, they not. already said on Twitter that they're not. Yeah. That it was I know just they, they... like it was a display error or something. I still think that it's worth mentioning, uh, even if they're not, just because I think they should. And here's why I think they should. Like because... for everything or just no, for no, the plain Jane? Yeah, just just the starter. Like you, I'm not saying, you know, getting 1 to 70 might be a bit much, but I certainly think 1 to 60 at this point. Why Why not put that out there free? Especially since it will get people to buy Reaper of Souls. And let's be honest, Reaper of Souls is when Diablo 3 got good. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah, it's so much better with Reaper of Souls. I'm saying put it out there, let people get to 60, and let them experience the game world and, and see if that you know, makes them want to buy Reaper of Souls, quite frankly. Because they, they've been doing that with with WoW for years. Like They keep releasing like new the new starter pack, which has everything up to a certain point. It's usually like one expansion behind. Uh, and I think, quite frankly, they, they should... They should start doing that for Diablo, and they should do a new expansion for Diablo already. Guys, do an expansion. What are you doing here? Well, you're killing yeah, me. I'm on board with all of that. Yeah. But also, uh, this week we found out something really interesting, uh, that we now know when Overwatch is coming out. May 24th. So excited. And we also know that they're going to have the open... I don't want to say open beta, because they said it was early access on May 3rd. Am I correct on that? Okay, what they're doing, the open beta is May 5th. And okay. the early access starts on May 3rd for people that pre-order. Okay, and is the early access is access to the beta, correct? It's access to the open beta. You just get it a couple of days early. Okay, so that's that's all May. May is going to be the month of Overwatch. May, uh, May, May. Which I think is pretty cool. Um, I think it's kind of a short beta, to be completely honest. That's not, a, you know, but then again, they've had the closed beta this whole time, so. Well, the open beta is pretty much it's let's let's pile people in the servers and see what happens you know well, it's, it's also yeah. like a, it's also a last open betas are one of those last little pushes to kind of drum up some interest in people that maybe either a haven't gotten a beta invite before or b were kind of like eh, well i'm not really sure if it's for me but i mean mo let's let's be honest most gamers if there's a free game they're going to try it yeah they yeah. want to they want people to come in and try it out because everybody's been really up in arms over the whole closed beta thing and they just want to play overwatch they just want to try it out so this is yeah this is this gonna is be their opportunity to do that you know this has been one of the more the games that has been interesting to watch in my opinion because it's not it's not blizzard's usual wheelhouse at all and no. a lot so the, the, the there's interesting there's a certain amount of crossover between people who play art you know games like Warcraft, World of Warcraft, or Starcraft, or Diablo, and then this, which is very much like Team Fortress and so forth. And it's been interesting to watch people play it. Like, people I know who never play Team Fortress have been talking about Overwatch, that they're interested in playing it, or that they are playing it on the on the, the closed beta and that they like it. So I, I think it's good to have the beta. I just, I'm surprised at how the, the duration of it. 
that seems a little short to me. But you know, like you guys said, it's it's mostly to let it's, people see it and get yeah, interested. Yeah, it's in it. it's not really um, what I would call a really complex game. No. As far as there's not a ton of stuff to do in it. There's a limited number of maps. There's a limited number of heroes. So I think a month is plenty long enough for people to try stuff out and go, yeah, I like this guy. Or no, I don't like that guy. Or mm, I'm going to have to learn how to play that guy really well. You know, and make a determination about whether or not they'd actually really like to play the game. It's a fun game. I don't, I, I pre-ordered it. I'm not, I don't think I'm ever going to play it solo. But it's the kind of game that I want to sit down and play with friends. Yeah, that's that's the way I feel about it. Like it was one of those things where and I feel like that way with any game of that nature is it's a social game for me. And if I'm playing with friends, it's something that I'm likely to play. But on my own, I can't. I, I just it's one of those things where I, I know myself well enough to know I won't pick it up for solo play. Um, it's just it's just how I am, because there's a certain fun about kicking back a few beers and, you know, shooting things at friends or with <laughs> friends. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for me, I might get it for console because for on my PC, it's too close to me. The screen is too close; it's too small. I can't yeah. really see it properly. I, I almost play. I tell you, I almost got Diablo for consoles, and I ended up not because it's just because I have it right here on my on my PC. But if I might actually get this one for consoles, I'm really interested in it for consoles because I feel like that's that would be a really good place for it. Like you know, because yeah, the, I think that's my only my only gripe is I don't know where to buy it for because I have both consoles that it's going to be on and I have the PC and it's like, what do I, if I do get it, where do I pick it up? What do I pick it up? Like it's, yeah. If you have a lot of friends on PC, then PC is probably the way to go. Cause you want to play with your friends. I don't have a huge friends list that I'm going to be playing overwatch with. So I'm on the fence on that one. I haven't decided yet. And I'm sticking with PC because I don't have either of the consoles it's coming out on. So, <laughs> So um, in addition to that, we've already mentioned it once, and I'll probably keep mentioning it because I am this excited about it. Uh, World of Warcraft Chronicle is out soon, and it is amazing. It is, it is out, actually, book. I believe, a week from today. Yes. yes. So uh, we, we will be doing a lore watch that talks about this book. So we're not going to give any spoilers or anything like that. Well, let's be honest. It's not going to be a lore watch that covers this book. There's going to be several. Well, yeah, but at least, you know, we're going to talk about it this week, most likely. So I'll just say this. Um, if you like World of Warcraft lore, and if you've ever said to yourself or said to us, because lots of people email us, how do I, you know, where do I learn more about uh, buy this book? That, you know, that is how you learn more about. I don't even care anything from the dawn of time up to just before the first war. And it doesn't cover the first war. It goes right up to the edge of it and stops. So everything from that those that period of time, if you want to know about it, it's in this book. If it's not in this book, it, it we don't have any information about it. It's just that simple. It's that comprehensive. Um, it's got a cosmology section, which has given Anne an excuse to like you know deface a map like you've never seen. Um, it's glorious. <laughs> let's be honest. Yeah, it's like I was looking at like her, her pictures, like she's drawing stuff. I'm going, okay, this looks like John Madden is now in charge of the universe. <laughs> Like it's it probably is in <laughs> one theory. <laughs> but seriously, this it's got something for you know if you're the obsessive lore compulsive, if you're just interested in lore, if you like looking at pretty pictures, if you're interested in one thing, like if you're a dwarf aficionado, or you love trolls, or if you've always been big into night elves, or you want to know more about the Draenei, or for some reason you like humans, I, I mean you know hey, sure. Um, it's got stuff for everybody. It is 
fantastically broad. It's very comprehensive, and it's also very – it's a heavy book. Like, yeah. There's a lot of information to digest in this one. If orcs did invade our reality, you could kill one with this book. I don't recommend it because then you get oh, yeah. all over the book. Oh, but... yeah. Well, I was talking more like the way it's written. There's a lot of weight to the book, you know. Yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but it's also a very large <laughs> book. But it's also book. fairly sizable, and you could clock somebody over the head with it. We don't recommend that. Yeah. I, just, I have a funny story about that, actually. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> well, so, that's what the podcast so is for. I've, I've, got, I've got two dogs. I've got my, my beagle, Sylvanas, and I've got uh, my beagle mix, Tristana, and then I have a cat, Luna. Luna likes to knock things off of tables onto the dogs while they're sleeping. So <gasps> I left the book on my desk and right underneath my desk is the dog bed. And Sylvanas loves to go right there and sleep because she likes to be near me. I get up, I go get a drink and I come back and I hear this loud like thunk. She had knocked Chronicle off my desk onto the sleeping dog. And all I heard was that thunk followed by the yell and this like skittering run on hardwood floor all the way to the other side of the house. Yeah, so my dog, my Sylvanas has been Your assaulted by Chronicle. <laughs> oh, yeah. Your my cat's, cat's a jerk. My cat's a jerk. Well, then again, your cat's probably like forsaken scum push. <laughs> your cat is obviously a Worgen, a Worgen cat druid. Well, I mean, her name is Luna, so she does worship the moon. So. <laughs> It's a night stuff. elf in disguise. Yeah. <sighs> so, yeah. All right. It's basically at this point we do the emails. This week, Anne's going to be reading them because I'm having a little bit of an eye issue. So, Anne? Which is cool. That's fine. Um, our first email is from George from Silvermoon, EU. George, I hope that that's your name on the server because that would be one heck of a score to land that name on any server. Um reads hello blizzard watch i've been a fan for over three years and have finally decided to ask a question that's great i was wondering if we could get a lore podcast sorry alex on illidan vosh and kalthos and how they all became friends and what exact what they all exactly got up to together and what exactly they did in outland together and also what happened to all three in the end thank you very much and keep up the good work actually i don't think we even really need a lore podcast for that because it's pretty it's straightforward. It's yeah. pretty straightforward. Yeah. You want Joe? Just, you want to fill in? Can I just before Joe does? I just like no, the no. how ahead. they all became friends. No, I, how I, they I, all became super friends. I want to see like the animated version of this where they do all become friends and it's all like Illidan said, "Let's go do this." <laughs> just, kind of like I, an I, island of misfit toys type. Well, scenario. there's there, there's a machinima series out there with like <laughs> all of them being buddies, but it's um adults. Not, and, Anyway, uh, Joe, you want to fill them in? I actually, I mean, I, I forget how all three of them got linked together, honestly. I Rossi, remember, I, you want to fill it yeah. in? Because you know. Yeah, basically, okay, here's how we, we start off with, basically, Illidan met up with Vosh when he summoned the Naga to aid him after the events of, um, the, you know, in, going into the events of, uh, oh, God, I can't remember the name of the bloody expansion pack. It's uh, Frozen Throne? Frozen Throne, thank you. He basically, he he called up the Naga, basically, he you know, he needed help. And Ashara, I guess Ashara has a soft spot for Illidan, even though he betrayed her because she sent them. Uh, Vosh was the, the servant that she sent to aid him. Uh, how Kael'thas got involved is actually because Illidan got caught. Uh, he ran back to Outland, but Maya followed him and caught him. And so Vosh needed help to get him free. Va at the time, Kael'thas was working for the Alliance 
of all things. Uh, keep in mind, this was the Alliance of Lordaeron, and it wasn't like the Alliance we have in game today. And it it's debatable how much it really was even the Alliance, because the person in charge, Garethos, was sort of a racist jerk who was he, cut off from all lines of communication. He was a big jerk. He was yeah. a real big jerk. He was basically trying to kill off the last of the Blood Elves via incredibly difficult missions because he didn't want to risk his own people and because he was a racist. And because he was a little bitter that the, the, the Blood Elves, when they were High Elves, had just stood back and done nothing during a big chunk of the problems in, in Lordaeron. But at any rate... So Kael'thas was in a really impossible situation, and Vosh essentially helped him out. She was like, all right, you know, I'll, you, you, I'll help you, you know, and you'll owe me one. Kael'thas completed the mission, and instead of being grateful, Gareth was like, you consorted with the Naga, I'm locking you up. At this point, Vosh was like, okay, you see what I'm saying here? You can't work with these people. And Kael'thas was like, you're right, I can't work with these people. Let's all go to Outland, because obviously these guys are all jerks. So they did, and once they got there, Vosh was like, okay... You need help with this whole crazy addicted to magic thing. My boss knows more about being crazy addicted to magic than anybody in the world. He can totally help you. Just one teensy little problem in that he's in that cage over there, surrounded by, you know, hostile night elf wardens. And Kjellthus was like, okay, um, I guess we could break him out. And she's like, yeah, yeah, that's what we could do. I totally would never have thought of that. I certainly didn't recruit you in the first place for that reason. No, you're totally the smartest, Kjellthus. And so they went and broke Illidan out. Illidan was like, yeah, I can totally help you with that magic addiction thing. But first, we need to take over Outland. And Kael'thas was like, well, okay, this place is kind of a dump, but a sure. lot of A lot of Illidan's strategies seem to involve, but first. Yeah. <laughs> Illidan's, strat- Illidan's kind of a, he's I'll sort totally of... give you the Temple of Karabor back, but first. <laughs> yeah. He, he seems to have kind of like a, a, a milder form of David Xanatos syndrome. Yeah. And that every plan he has involves, in fact, some other plan that you don't, you're not really involved in. But um, so they basically they teamed up. They went around Outland cutting off all the various portals that Gul'dan had opened because the demons were using them to bring stream in demons. And that wasn't really a great idea for them because it's hard enough to beat a pit lord when you have to also fight his army of demons. So, yeah, they went and cut off all the portals. Then they recruited the Draenei. Uh, this time the broken Draenei led by Akama. Uh, this was sort of one of the situations where Akama was like, uh, I don't trust you, but I really don't trust that guy. And Gilliland's like, yeah, I, I, I suspect we're going to come to Frost purposes at some point, but right now I think we can all agree we don't like Magtheridon. And so they got together, they cut off the portals, they assaulted the Black Temple, and they kicked Magtheridon's butt. And that's how they basically... I don't want to say became friends because really this, this is these guys weren't these weren't besties by any stretch of the imagination. I don't know how long it took Kale Foss to betray Illidan, but it wasn't very long. Uh, and Vosh has always always really worked for Ashara and the Naga. She wasn't really, although she was loyal to Illidan in her way. She always was very respectful. She always called him Lord Illidan. She always treated him with respect. Maybe she thought he was cute boots. Who knows? Yeah, we don't know. But or maybe he was you know capable of destroying her. You don't know. But in, in any event, the, the three of them worked together as part of that overall. This, the problem was is that Illidan's plan was great, except that he didn't count on just how much he ticked off Kill Jaden. Like, Illidan seems to have a blind spot to just how irritating he is. And, and he'd irritated Kill Jaden a lot. To the point where, as soon as they'd beaten Magtheridon and taken over Outland and, and cemented Illidan's power, 
Kiljaden showed up and like, what are you doing? Did I not tell you to kill the Lich King? You, you, you may have mentioned something about killing the Lich King, yes. Is the Lich King on Outland? No, no, he does not appear to be here at this time. Is Megtheridon the Lich King? I'm pretty sure that he is not, no. I want you to go kill the Lich King now. I'll give you one more chance because I like how incredibly backstabbing you are. It really reminds me of somebody. I have a warm spot for people who lie and deceive. <laughs> but I, this is the last time I'm going to warn you. The next time I come see you, I'm going to bring the entire Legion with me and we're going to have another conversation and it's going to be one you don't like. So that's how Kael'thas and Vosh ended up on Northrend with Illidan and but. The whole events of the Frozen Throne happened in the whole uh, trying to kill Arthas thing, which it's not like you needed a lot of excuses to get Kael'thas to want to kill Arthas. Oh, no, he's been wanting to do that for a long time. Kael'thas, not only had Arthas blown up Kael'thas' kingdom and killed his dad, which, you know, and broke his, his family's legendary rune blade, no less. And, you know, destroyed the Sunwell, source yeah. of all the power. But he stole his girlfriend first. Well, not his girlfriend. Janet was never Kelthas's girlfriend. She was this more girl a... he was really into. He yeah, was he, he was crushing on her heart, he and then dibs. Arthas came in and was like, "Y'all got this, bro." He yeah. had dibs, and Arthas just sort of sidled on in there. So, so Kelthas had a lot of bent, built up resentment. So, yeah, that's that's the Cliff Notes version. It it could be a lot more. We could go on and on, but that's that pretty much sums it up. Yeah, Vash was. Vash pretty much got Kael'thas' attention by saying, yeah, see, your people and my people were kind of the same because we're both kind of addicted to this whole magic thing. And Kael'thas was like, oh, wow, we are? We're, like, connected? Because, you know, obviously by that point it had been several generations down from when the Blood Elves originally, well, the High Elves originally were banished from the Calderai. But... Vosh kind of knew about that whole, we have common ancestry, so we should be buddies. And Kael'thas was like, I'm not sure about that, but you do know about this whole magic addiction thing. Wait, so do you have like a solution to that? Because my people are really having issues here. And yeah, that all kind of rolled into, let me introduce you to the big guy. Yeah. Um, so hopefully that answers your question, George. Uh, Joe, do you have anything you'd like to add? Well, not besides the fact that I always found that sort of interrelationship boring between the three of them, <laughs> honestly, just because it always seemed like one of those like really bad, like Walters movie or Waters, Roger Waters movies where it's like these like <laughs> high school kids are all like stuck in detention and like they're forced to work together, but they don't really like each other. And then it just it was I don't know. one of them like throws yeah. his fist to the sky on the football field i mean to be fair that face. i mean that did happen in the illidan fight he did throw his fist in the air yeah i mean I, it's just it's just one of those things like it just it, i i understand its importance but it was always one of those things that i just never i never cared for i thought it was just kind of like we have these three people we're not doing anything well let's just kind of throw them over there i always thought it was interesting when they brought in the warlock green fire quest that you find out that illidan Essentially, he did have the means to cure the Blood Elves, but he was kind of busy screwing over somebody else. I have the means to cure you, but first. <laughs> yeah, but first. Yeah. But first. Always yeah. but first. It's like, if you think about it, Illidan is kind of like, everybody has a certain style to the way they evil overlord things. Like, the Joker is just mayhem. He kills his people. Doctor yeah. Doom is always involved in, like, something grandiose. And Illidan always has something else he needs you to do first. Before I could do that for you, I need you to do this other thing, which is also a contingency of somebody else doing something for me later on. Yeah, he's just 
ridiculously complicated. So uh, moving on, next email from Noel Wiz, who's proud Patreon supporter since day one. Thank you. Uh, to the wonderful world of Blizzard Watch. I like that moniker. I think we should keep it. It reminds me of like the old Disney stuff from the 60s. I know. The wonderful it's world of Disney. The wonderful world of Blizzard Watch. We, we can put that on a t-shirt. Next week, we're going to do a podcast about color. Now, um... <laughs> This is what a green item is. This is what a blue item <laughs> Here's is. Here's how rainbows are formed. Uh, okay. Have you guys heard anything about Blizzard potentially releasing the Overwatch soundtrack like they do for their other games? I really love the music. Thanks from Nolwiz. Uh, I know that for a fact, the soundtrack is part of the Overwatch Collector's Edition. If mm-hmm. you order the Collector's Edition, you can get the Overwatch soundtrack. Um, I don't know if that's going to be available for a separate purchase or not. I hope so. Well, I mean... It- I, I would imagine it would be, and then if it's anything, if it follows anything like they've done with the past games, uh, it, the soundtrack becomes available in the uh, collector's edition. Like six months later, it becomes a standalone purchase, and then like six months after that, it goes to like a streaming service like SoundCloud or uh, Spotify. Because I know Spotify has all of the uh, the Warcraft ones, so I would not be very surprised to see that be the case as a standalone. If you don't want to get a collector's edition, uh, I'm with you on that one, uh, Noel Wiz, because I really love the music of Overwatch. The it's music awesome. is great. Has Blizzard put out bad music ever? No. No, like, I, I don't think I they have. I can't even, like, even for, like, expansions of WoW, people didn't like the music was amazing. Like, the Cataclysm music was amazing. Like, I, I still, to this day, think that the revamp they did for the Night Elf music was astonishingly good. Uh, I, liked, I loved Myst's music. I think Warlords had great music. Um, Diablo's music is great. Like, I still listen to that, like, the song that they used for the trailer for Diablo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just listen to that song. It's just, it's a straight-up great song. Um, it's, it's right up there for me. It's right up there with Skyrim, which had, like, a great theme. Skyrim's got, so the Skyrim theme is just kind yeah. of, it's so good. But the music for like the music we're hearing in Legion is amazing. Did you see the preview they did a little while ago? They they the linked on the work one of the Warcraft twitters they linked a preview to uh, Legion music. No. Oh, that was like a that was like a what two months ago something like that. Something like that. It was really. Yeah. I missed it, and you're going to have to link me to it. <laughs> to find I want to hear that. <laughs> but yeah, so music in Blizzard games is always good. I'm, I'm sh- like, I have only heard, I've heard only two Overwatch songs, one of which is in their commercial for the, the release date. And that song's amazing. So yeah. All of the map music is great. Like each map has its own theme thing. I love the Even, Dramato map. I think that one has some of the coolest music. The characters have uh music too, don't they? Cause I yeah, know there's a, there's a, there's a Lucio, a Lucio theme and I love it. <laughs> well, he's a DJ. So he's got like yes. standalone songs himself. And, and yeah, it's, it's one of those things where if I don't get it immediately, I will be getting it when it comes out on iTunes. Cause I, I, I just, I love the themes from it. I have a friend who, who hates Lucio and she's playing on the, the, the Overwatch uh, beta. She said, it's like, I just got my ass kicked by David Guetta. And she really hates that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, moving on, we have, this is kind of like a three-part question, so I'm just going to go down each question in kind, but this is from uh, Gorquen, is how I'm going to pronounce it. I'm with you. Gorquen. And Gorquen says, greetings, watchers, three questions today. However, the first one's short and easy. <laughs> it's so not short and easy. Yeah. Um, short, maybe. The question is short. The answer is not. Uh, so 
first question. Are you planning on having a summary post for Chronicle at some point? If yes, do you know roughly in how much detail it's going to be? Jeez. You think that's an easy question? <laughs> so well, it's oh short. My God. I mean, it was just like, it was a short yeah. little question, but yeah, to, Rossi? To, to answer your question, I don't know. I doubt, I think Anne and I will probably both tackle Chronicle at some point in Know Your Lore. Uh, I plan on using it more as a fuel for future posts than just sit down and try and give you an overview of this thing. This thing is huge. It covers a lot. It It is itself a summary, and it's like hundreds of pages. Yeah, it's not you, really something you could sit and just summarize the entire book in like one. I, I can't bullet point this thing more than it itself does, and it it yeah. it's, it's, it keeps things fairly concise. And even though it's concise, it's still whacked the heck out of Joe's dog. So, um, yep. it's yeah. Th- th- I don't think I'm going to approach it from oh, let's summarize this entire book because that would just be silly. And impossible. It, it would also do the book a disservice too, really. It would. It would. Um, what I'll probably end up to I know on my end, what I'll probably end up doing is taking like pieces of it and kind of exploring what was revealed there. Yeah, exactly. And it's, and it's, how it's, that interlocks with everything else. So I mean, will there be discussion pieces about what you find in Chronicle? Yes. Are we gonna do a direct summary of the book? No. The, no. do, do you remember we in the past we've done posts where we talked about the the lore of an expansion? Yeah. Just an expansion, and that usually takes us a couple of posts to do. Chronicle would be twenty posts. Yeah, I mean, I used to. If I think I think there was a point in time where I like went over, um, like the Warcraft novels. I would summarize the Warcraft novels, and kind of it was like a Cliff's Notes version of what happened in the novel and how that related to what we were seeing in Azeroth. And those were usually like two posts worth of material. This would easily be like a year's worth of material. It's it's too expansive to just sum up. That's not going to happen. I'm one sorry. Thing I, without, again, without spoilers, one thing I can tell you is that there is information on the Titans in this book that I will be going at. And I'm sure Anne will be as well. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's stuff that needs to be talked about. But yeah, that's all I can really say on that one. That, that is not an easy question, dude. Okay. So uh, second one is slightly longer. Uh, it says, there was a Q question at one point, which revolved around making macros to say, slash say, a certain phrase whenever an ability was used. As I recall, the general consensus was that this was really annoying for everyone else around you. And I'd have to agree. The way I got around this was by making macros fi- macros to play sound files when I used an ability so that I would still get to enjoy it and no one else even needed to know. My favorites include Amunes from the Halls of, Ori- of Origination. I can't speak words today. Your life unleashed, bound to, you guessed it, unleash life on my Resto Shaman, as well as Algalon's The Stars Come to My Aid with my Druid Starfall. Do you have any good ability quote combos you can think of? I, uh, I for a long time I had uh, ascendance on my shaman linked to play power overwhelming. <laughs> you see, now I want the other version of that. I want the the one that the uh, the Protoss unit says. Do you, you remember that? Be, you must have additional pylons. <laughs> no, no, the, the one when it it fuses to a dark templar and it goes power overwhelming and it just starts destroying everything in its path you have to go watch legacy of the void trailer if you haven't man okay yeah the legacy of the void trailer it was in there it was pretty cool um overwhelming uh in terms of the thing about warriors is most of our stuff would probably be linked to someone going ah 
you know, because we're <laughs> we're not a very articulate crew. <laughs> we're just be like, you know, like very different variations of ah, ah. <laughs> so, sure, I'll throw in some. And those are kind of already in there anyway, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, to a degree, yeah. But um, one I actually would do is I would I would totally do this because it's cliche and it's ridiculous and it's just overdone and I would still do it. I would put Bone Storm on Blade Storm. Oh yeah, because hey, you know what? Because it's because it's true. That's what he does. He yells Bone Storm. See, and I wouldn't want to inflict it on myself, but I could see, like, Reflect Magic or whatever. Is that still a thing? Do people still do that? Uh, Spell Reflect? Yeah. Yeah, it still exists. So Spell Reflect, like, do that, and then, like, have Cinderghosts suffer mortals as your pathetic magic betrays you. (laughs) But I don't want to inflict that on myself, because I don't like (laughs) Cinderghosts. She hurts my ears. Yeah. That's not a good idea. Okay, uh, third one. Third one is posted with parentheses since Rossi requested a transmog question. So here we go, Rossi. When transmog was announced, one of my very first reactions beyond inarticulate joy was cool. Now they can make race-specific or at least racially inspired tier sets without it being a huge issue. That isn't something that seems to have happened to any great extent, though. Do you feel like that's something they should try to do? Or would you prefer that they kept it to outside and or cosmetic sets like they've sort of been doing with the Stormwind armor and Dark Shaman sets. They've actually done that. Um, they did that with the Draenei and to, in this expansion. They gave it, there was like a Draenei transmogum plate you could get that looks exactly like the plate the guards are wearing. And they uh, had all the Orc clan stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one thing I noticed, actually, they did it in Siege of Orgrimmar to a degree in that the armor warriors got was basically Orc inspired. It was like techno flashy, but at the same time, it was orcish. It was barbaric. It was supposed to look like something an orc would wear. Um, so they have done that to a degree. The problem they seem to have is that they make transmog when they make tier sets, they they tend to have like a broad feeling they're going for rooted in the raid, rather than, you know, it would be cool to have night elf armor. They they'll, they might give you night elf armor for say if there's a Suramar raid. Because that would be something that the the, the the Nightborn might wear. Do you know what I'm saying with this? Like, yeah, tier sets team tend to look like they're linked to the place you get them from, which makes sense, right? Like, yeah, it, it, it just makes a certain amount of sense. Like, look at Pandaria, which has some of the the my favorite raid gear is very much themed around the places you get it from, whether it's yeah. shock corrupted or whether it's like something that looks like you just took it out of a tomb of an ancient like you know, oriental style, like tomb. Like it's just, I like that idea a little bit more and I don't mind personally. I do like stuff like the dark shaman transmog, even though it took me 447 days to get it. Um, I do like stuff like that, but I, I don't know if I could actually, or if I would actually like to see race specific stuff. I feel like some of that's already in the game. Like, um, there is, uh, Griffin armor for which is very very much like Wildhammer dwarves. Um, there is stuff that looks like it's very much troll armor, but like as far as new current sets, I think I'd like to see it stick to that sort of. This is where you got it from feel. So like, if we're going to Suramar, like you said, and we get night elf theme stuff or elf theme stuff in general, fantastic. We go into the Emerald Nightmare and we get you know Emerald Dream, Emerald Nightmare theme stuff, fantastic. Like I'm okay with that. I think that's I think that's better in my opinion. 
See, and I miss stuff like you found in Molten Core and Blackwing Glare, where it was really tailored to the class. I don't know. My purple robes say that I didn't really feel that that was very shiny. <laughs> <laughs> I got a purple muumu and some lava on my shoulders. Shiny. Yeah, but there were like la- it was you know there was like lava and 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 all of oh, that. Oh, and, and I'm sorry, and 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 a cat hat because I have a cat hat. And for the some cat reason. hat. Yeah. Hey, Rexar was rocking the cat hat for a long time. Stop. Um, anyway, uh, no, I kind of liked those sets, though, because Bloodfang, you have to, you know, Bloodfang was kind of iconic. And, um, oh, my gosh, I can't remember the name of the Paladin set, and everybody wears it. Oh, Judgment. Judgment, thank you. Oh, Ray's favorite, Judgment. Yeah, Judgment. <laughs> judgment is another one of those iconic sets. Um, I would kind of argue that Transcendence was kind of an iconic set for Priest because it had that, it looked like, some kind of medieval stained glass window come to life and you were wearing it on your body. And I thought that was really cool. Um, and I kind of wish that we'd see more of that reflected in armor design. Cause we, we haven't really gotten a whole heck of a lot of that where it was like, this feels like a rogue set. Now, mind you, I am speaking as a rogue and a lot of the rogue tier that came out, I'm looking at you, the stuff that came out during cataclysm has like, light bulbs on your shoulders and things like that. It's not really stealthy or anything that I would call remotely rogue expired or rogue inspired at all. So there's, yeah, there's like the old rogue set, which is like a big screaming face over your head. It was, and the, it was the dead Yoda hat. Yeah. It was one of those. That I don't, Muppet hat. It, and it looked like even a, worse. Like, cause it was they looked like you it. were wearing a Muppet on your head and it was, it screaming. was really creepy. Yeah. <laughs> they they also creepy. used it. They used it for some pieces that druids like offset pieces that druids were wearing. I remember seeing a, a female Torin druid wearing that hat. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> this oh. is the worst thing that has ever happened to this person. It was terrible. <laughs> it looks like a combination of a dog collar, like the one to keep, not a dog collar, but a cone, like the cone of shame. Yep, they put on dogs. It looks like the cone of shame you'd put on a dog to keep it from licking an incision combined with like, yeah, like a, like a Muppet head plopped over just so the nose was sticking out. The Torah nose is coming right out of the mouth. And it was just like, oh, my God, this this hat. Uh, I'm, I'm never going to feel bad about Warrior Transmog gear again. And then, of course, they made <laughs> tier 16. So, you know, hey, but yeah. I, I do think I get why people like racial stuff, but to racial stuff tends to not be terribly like it would only really look good on a couple of different races. Like mm-hmm. if you make a torn set, like I said, that looks like a torn, like torn racial armor. It's going to look silly as heck on your human paladin. And that's, you know, I, so that's why I think the way to go is the way we've seen, like with the black rock clan stuff. I mean, the various orc clan stuff and warlords being like, you know, not being cosmetic transmogs that you can get if you want. Uh, but it's not or, like a tier set. It's just an yeah. extra thing. Yeah. And I think it would be cool if like every every race out there had like a specific outfit designed for them, some kind of cosmetic set designed for them. Yeah. That would be neat. Like the Stormer set works perfectly for humans because yeah. it's it's straight out of Warcraft uh, three. Like, yeah. So yeah, I'd be fine with that, like more stuff like that, like an elf set or a dwarf set. Okay. Well, moving on. Let's go ahead and go to the next question. And it's from Alessander, who writes us a lot. Yes. And says, I'm trying to free up bag space, yet keep anything I, that I can for transmog. 
I share your pain, Alessander. I know that we have months yet in which they can change how transmog will work, but as I understand it, only things of my armor type will be pulled into the transmog closet on day one of Legion. Any mail my hunter has, blues and purples, but no cloth or leather, no greens or whites or grays or golds. Is this correct? And might they include anything I have, even if it's a piece of plate that particular alt will never wear or a nifty leather hat that I could wear around the auction house? It would seem to be easier to code to just take everything. What about trinkets that really should be in the toy box because of something funny they do? Or my teleportation rings? Alessander. I can tell you right now, the greens do go in if you equip them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's you, You can't just... Greens won't go in as soon as they drop for you because if you sell them, then you didn't get. To, why would you get to have that in your transit? You have to be able to you put have to them bind up. them. Yeah, yeah. You have to actually have it bind to you. But greens absolutely do go in if you do that. We so if you have, hmm? sorry, go ahead. No, I was just. Uh, I'm just saying, the the reason that they did this, by the way, isn't because they couldn't have done it another way. It's because people were specifically complaining that certain classes would be better at transmog farming than others. Uh, there was a lot of complaints that warriors, paladins, and death knights would be the best for transmog hunting because they can wear plate, they mail, can equip anything cloth. that they pick up. Yeah, so that's why they made the system the way it is. It's only the, the the restrictions are there because of those complaints. If you have a problem with those restrictions, talk to the players who complained. The other thing here, though, is that um, as far as what they're going to pull in from that initial boot. We don't know what that is. We don't know if it's no. going to be everything that you've ever collected. We don't know if it's going to be... Uh, what they said at BlizzCon was that any quest rewards that you had earned, even the ones that you hadn't chosen, were going to go into your wardrobe. So basically, if you've completed a quest and there was a bunch of different armor rewards, all of those armor rewards supposedly would I be can, going in the I, wardrobe. But I kind of confirmed that. Huh? In that, I can almost confirm that. In that, I've seen when I've picked a certain look on a quest, that the other item has gone into my wardrobe. Right, but what I'm but, saying is that, yeah, like the backdated stuff, I can't do anything about. Yeah, the backdated stuff, we've got no way to check that because character copies aren't actually open on the alpha. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. If I could copy my character over and it had record of all of the quests that she had done, I could tell you immediately what would be going into that wardrobe. But I don't even think that they're done fully implementing the wardrobe just yet. So no, they just added the ability to like it, it automatically filters items now in a way it didn't before. Like if you go and look at two handed swords, it only shows you the two handed swords, you know, whereas before it was showing you every two handed sword in the game. That's just recently yeah. added. So they're still working on this system. It is it is constantly being iterated. And not only that, it's one of those things that I can foresee just like Transmog and Void Storage and everything else that's come out. Even after the game is released, the system is probably going to change or get updated depending on feedback at a larger base. So, I mean, it's we don't know how that's going to play out in the long run because, again, it could change. Not just from the alpha, but after it's actually released into the wild. Mm-hmm. I can say that the there's no sign that the transmog system that's coming in is going to do anything about your rings. So your teleport rings, yeah, they're, they're not going in the toy box, to my knowledge. I don't think well, so. There, there are some things. Should. There are some things that are going to go into the toy box, like trinkets and stuff like that, that weren't in there previously. Um, I think Wowhead's got a pretty comprehensive list on what's going to be going into that toy box, uh, but. To my knowledge, like teleportation rings and stuff like that, uh-uh, those aren't going to go in there. I think 
I know, I know for a little while anyway in the database, uh, it listed the, uh, oh, the teleportation, the portal things that you can do use when you're an engineer, the stuff that teleports you to Gadgetsan or Winter Spring or whatever. Uh, those were being added to the toy box, but they were also listed as being added to the toy box back in Warlords, and then they didn't actually make the final cut. Mm-hmm. So take that with a grain of salt. You yeah, know. Um, didn't they like? I know that they went and put a couple Northrend trinkets. They duplicated their effect on toys. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's like one Northrend trinket that's one of the best DPS trinkets for melee, that like transforms you to various uh, Northrend. Yeah, it's from ICC <laughs> yeah. from the uh, Sourfang fight. Yeah, I know that that trinket got duplicated, and I think a few others did as well. But in terms of, like, I, I don't know any further than that. Okay, well, moving on to the next email. Uh, this is from Razor, pronounced Razor. Thank you for the pronunciation guide there. So, uh, I'm Razor, Airy Peak Resto Shaman CTR. I don't know what that means. Okay, I'm a growing lore fan. I'm slowly coming into the makeup of the stories surrounding the characters in, the, in our world that we call Azeroth. I've been playing since Classic. Cataclysm was great, Dragon, dragons, aspects, Deathwing and all. With the aspects giving up their power, as I understand it, and no dragon aspects to lead the varying groups of dragons. Do you think that with the leaked deaths of various key people in the game that they could come back as new aspects to protect Azeroth. And I'm not going to list off these people because this is all spoiler material. Why did we put this email in here? Okay, anyway. Uh, Do you think Rathion could play a role in establishing this power to these respective personalities? Um, Maybe with help from the Valkyr and Sylvanas because they're already resurrecting people. Love the show. Keep up the fantastic work. Uh, I'll tell you right now, Rathian's not going to be doing that. Oh, CTR is Convert to Raid Guild. Thank you, chat channel. No, that's all I'll say. I don't think so, no. And I'm not going to talk about, like, leaked deaths of various people because that's, like I said, that's, like, major spoiler material. I don't really want to cover that on the show. (laughs) Well, I think for me, like, just looking at it, I don't think we need aspects anymore. Like, mm. we, we talked about it a little bit on, on Lore Watch before. The time for aspects has kind of passed, right? Like, That's why we, they had that yeah. whole thing about the age of mortals has begun. Right. Exactly. And it's just one of those things where, like, uh, if you look at it, what did the aspects do that we as heroes can't do now? Or that we haven't done? Or that we haven't been doing? Like for that matter, they just, they, were they were doing were they, better? Were they do really doing a great job? I mean, right. I just so, I mean, I don't know. That, that that's my opinion. My opinion is that it's the age of mortals, and we don't need we don't need more aspects. I think that whatever happens from here on out is in our hands, and I think that's the way it should be. That was kind of the whole point of Cataclysm was that you know at the end of it, the aspects they fulfilled their purpose. There is no purpose for having aspects anymore. So well, that's like something too that's been we've been getting since Warcraft three. Yeah, the, the game is keeps telling us, you know, no, it's in your hands now. Medivh, <laughs> uh, was trying to make that point at the end of Warcraft three, where he was like, "The age of mortals." And I, you know, I can just see Medivh sitting around going, "Look, I already you have to like, now." The head <laughs> I'm going to go take my place with the legends of the past, and then the aspects are going to drag you back into all this mess because apparently, what I said wasn't good enough. Fine. But then, I'm just real. imagining Medivh <laughs> sulking in a tavern somewhere. 
a spirit tavern. I told them spirit was, tavern. Spirit tavern. <laughs> Honestly, I you know he he showed up looking pretty physical at the end of Warcraft Three. I like to imagine that he's just plain freaking retired. He's he's got a cottage. <laughs> he's somewhere. out on a farm somewhere. He's got a cottage somewhere with his magic books and he and reads. A dog. Episode. He got a dog after. He and like every every so often, like Anduin Lothar's spirit shows up and they have a couple of drinks and Anduin's like, you know, I can't really drink this. I'm a ghost. And he's like, just just have the tankard, okay? So how you doing? I'm a ghost. I'm a ghost, Medivh. You know, you remember no, you dead. You drink that. Those are spirits. <laughs> <Yeah>. Oh. <God. laughs> oh, that's. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I actually face palmed. Good job. But yeah, it's in it's. We don't need aspects. More importantly, I think the aspects were set up for as part of something that is well and truly broken at this point. Mm-hmm. It was a system designed by by distant titans to work in a way that no longer matters. Like when Algalon comes and we stop him, that's yeah. a sign that we have effectively stepped outside of the titans' plan. Whatever little thing was going on there, designed program that was going on there that had the aspects come into play, is no longer valid because we're, we're we're pretty good. Yeah, you know, I used to just to take it kind of outside a while. I always thought of it from the from from classic all the way up to now, and how things have shifting as we get more powerful. Very similar to uh, a tabletop game, Dungeon Crawl Classic, and Rossi may have played that at some point. Um, but basically, when you start, each player gets five characters and they're five level zero characters they are like farmers and like you know sheep herders and stuff like that they're they're absolutely weak people but you have a ton of them because you have six players you have 30 characters on the table at the end of the first adventure some of those people die and the ones that survive get stronger so now you need less of them so you don't need 30 people now you have five and like as the game has gone we've gone from these fresh green heroes where we needed to gather 39 other friends to go take down these elemental lords uh to even before that where we had to have massive armies of heroes uh to combat these 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 giant baddies or whatever was threatening us down to now where it's like I mean, I look at individual characters and how much we can do as characters now, the power scale, so to speak, and it's absolutely ridiculous. Like, we're just... A lone warrior is basically like a Titan Watcher in a lot of aspects and can sit there and take on an entire army worth of baddies. I, a shaman can can rain down destructive power upon an entire force. I mean, we saw this most recently in our current expansion where, you know, Drek'thar is just like, you know what, that mountain needs to come down. Yeah, and he just did it. You know, and, and players are getting to that point too. So from that power creep standpoint, it's like I, I want to be that player character. I want to be that guy that's like, you know what, I can I can defend this universe. I got this. At most I'll bring like, you know, four friends because it's looking kind of tense. So I, yeah. I got some buddies. We're gonna go in and do we're gonna do this and we'll, we'll oh. go get this done. Okay, look, this one's really cataclysmic, so I'm gonna bring nine other people. Yeah, exactly. So that's, that, that's all I'm going to bring because, man, come on, nine people. That's a lot. That's a lot. You know, I have to coordinate them. I got to make sure they're all ready to go. OK, absolutely. The most dangerous thing in the universe. Fine. I'll bring another 19 people. But that is it. That is that <laughs> is I am drawing a line, drawing a line right there. Um, As far as Rathion goes and his involvement in all of this, I don't think he has any vested interest whatsoever in bringing the aspects back. He has his own plans. He's got his own agenda. He's got his own thing he's doing, and and dragons do not take a place in that at all. Um, For one thing, he's not exactly happy with the red dragon flight, 
and probably wouldn't really care too much if they were wiped right off the map um, since they engineered his existence and kind of killed his mother. Um, and then the black dragon flight, he has no interest in seeing that return whatsoever. He, oh, you're setting off, his, you're setting off all my spoilers. His, his, like his, his first action, you know, right out of the shell was to go wipe out the black dragon flight. That's what he did. That's what he had rogues do in the rogue legendary quest chain. If you've never played through the rogue legendary quest chain, um, Rathgon basically sends you on a bunch of missions to go take care of the last few dregs of the Black Dragonflight that there are left. Now, mind you, we have that whole question of, what about that guy, the Black Dragon that was over there on Outland? What about him? Well, we don't know. He hasn't come back. We haven't seen him since. As far as Rathion is concerned, he's the last one left, and he'd like to keep it that way. Um, the others... The others are just kind of there, but I, I don't think that Rathion's really like concerned too much with the aspects and their roles in society. Yeah, and there's the the ones that are left are just doing their dragony thing. They're not aspects anymore. They're just big, powerful dragons. They're kind of yeah. They're doing I their mean, own still, stuff. You, you know, if Alex Draza shows up, you don't go, "Ha, she's nothing now," because she is a giant dragon. Um, yeah, and she was kind she, of responsible for yeah. the immortality of the night elves and all of that, and that's not something they're soon going to forget. Yeah, she she is a very big dragon. You know, it is it is not a question of, well, she's powerless now. She is still a dragon the size of a boat that can breathe fire on you, man. I, I wouldn't go and get too gawky. I, I wouldn't, no. Yeah. Okay, so uh, let's see here. I think this is kind of our last question for the day. Um, and this says, hi, watchers, Buchu here from Twisting Nether, you, little prediction. I think the Lich King will come out, come to our aid to fight the Burning Legion. My question is, can this be explained lore-wise? Well, Buchu, you asked that question to the right three people, because we will talk this to death. What do you guys yes. think? Oh, it, it can and is explained lore-wise. Mm-hmm. Like, I think at this point, this isn't a spoiler, because it's been all over the internet, uh, the, the the Death Knight artifacts, at least one of them, is directly from the Lich King. He straight up gets, he's the one that tells and you how to get it. Keep in mind that this is not like the Lich King as in Arthas the Lich King. No. This is the Lich King although, as in Bolvar the Lich King. Yes. Bolvar the Lich King, although other Lich Kings do have a presence in this quest. That's all I'll say. The, the history well, of the that's Lich fascinating, King is not and now I need to go play through that stuff so I know what <laughs> you're talking about. Yes. Uh, but, <laughs> But in terms of the Lich King's involvement, it's very simple. The Lich King, when he was a human, didn't like the Burning Legion. The Lich King, in general, doesn't like the Burning Legion. The Lich King, when he was an orc, wasn't really keen on the Burning Legion either. No Lich King has ever liked the Burning Legion because the, the, the Lich King was created by them as a slave. Mm -hmm. And this is... The Bolvar Four Dragon is. We will possibly... never be slaves, but yeah. we will be conquerors. No. Um... Bol Bolvar Four Dragon is not the kind of person that takes the threat of something like that lightly, and you definitely get to see how he differs, um, as a Lich King in that quest, and how he doesn't. And again, I can't really go into too much detail, but yeah, it's it's quite explainable in the lore. It's quite even if even if this was like if the if the Legion had made this invasion while it was Arthas up there on that throne, plotting probably be Arthas, the same he, thing. Arthas, Arthas would have turned on him too. Yeah, Arthas would have been right there. In fact, if Nirzul had still been the Lich King and the, the Legion came, you know, when when we went through Warcraft three, 
Nerzul betrayed the Legion the soonest he possibly could. Like, as soon as he was in a position to do so, he betrayed the Legion. As soon as he had a servant who was unquestionably his that would exert his will, he turned on them. Um, the and first the thing- Legion, I mean, the Legion and the Lich King and the Scourge have kind of a long history that goes all the way back to Warcraft 3 when the Lich King kind of gave the Legion the proverbial finger and <laughs> took off. There was a reason why Jaden wanted Illidan to take care of the Lich King and shut him down. Yes, and there was a he's... reason why the Scarlet Crusade, when they were corrupted by an agent of the Burning Legion, their efforts turned to eradicating the Scourge. Yeah, there, there was a reason for all of that. The Legion does not like the Lich King. He was the one that got away and they don't appreciate it. Yep. And the worst part is that, you know, the necromancy that he uses is from the Legion. It's a secret that they taught him. That makes them incredibly angry. They don't like that. You don't get to steal their power and use it against them. Look at the whole thing with Illidan. Um, the Illidan has done the exact same thing. He's stolen their power and used it against them. The only difference between Illidan and, and the Lich King is that they managed to regain some semblance of control over Illidan. And yeah. um, actually, Legion is kind of, uh, you know, you see it not in that trailer. Was it Was it in the trailer? No. Was Illidan in the trailer or was he oh, in like the announcement thing? He's that announcement thing, yeah. In the announcement thing, you see Goldon, he's going downstairs into the vault of the wardens and he finds Illidan's corpse and like casts some green magic. It's like, yep, you're still ours. You're still demony. You're still one of us. Great, come back. Um, what Illidan's role is going to be in Legion, we actually don't know that yet. Nope. That's the fun part is that we don't really know where he's oh, going to yeah, fit in. Because even, and I know this isn't this this isn't really too spoilery to say, but you know, in the zones that I have leveled through, on the alpha, no mention of Illidan whatsoever. Uh, it's it's not even it's it's not even something that they mention. Maybe they mention it in like the artifact starting quests and things like that. No, there's a there's a side quest that involves a character um, who has got a connection to Illidan, and she is trying to figure out what happened. Yeah, yeah, that's there's that one. It. There's yeah. that one. Okay. They do mention him there. But otherwise, he's really... I mean, it's not like he's there. No. the We, we fight a boss. We fought a boss in Vols of the Wardens who talks very briefly about how we can't stop what's coming. Yeah. And that's it. And that's... it's kind of... Um, it's kind of interesting to me because one of the things that I was kind of bummed out about with Burning Crusade was that Illidan was on the box, but you didn't really see him unless you raided Black Temple. Yeah. Uh, there was like one quest that you saw him in. And even then it was, a sh- it was a shadow version of him too. It, it was wasn't a shadow even really version. him. Well, if you, if you went and did the Netherling rep grind, he showed up. But like beyond that, you really didn't see him. You didn't. And, and this was the guy that was on the box, you know? You kind of expected to see him all over the place, and you didn't. So I'm wondering, is his story going to come into play once we hit level 110? Like, is that is that is he going to be part of that endgame arc? Is is that something that's going to be going on? Because as of right now, not not too much about him. But they are talking him up. I mean, the novel yeah. that's coming out involves him directly. So I will say this much too. One thing that's interesting, um, we know Suramar is going to play a part. And Illidan is from Suramar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So 
we have this elven society that that evolved the, the nightborn we don't know much about them but they evolved up after the uh the cataclysm not the cataclysm the sundering so what's interesting here is illidan could be seen to them as kind of a precursor a little bit yeah and it, we don't know like how long they live or what their lives are like. We know that even without the Well of Eternity and even without the, the Blessing of the Ancients, uh, Night Elves live a long time, like a very long time. They, yeah, they might not be immortal, but they've still got a really lengthy lifespan. Yeah, they, they live thousands of years. They live even longer than like a, like a high slash blood elf who, who can live, you know. Hundreds um, and, of years. Oh, Anisterion was thousands of years old. Yeah. They've, they've argued Anisterion was at least a couple thousand years old because they, yeah. at most, the, the blood, they, they go into a whole thing about it. But, you know, point being, it's still crazy. Like, you, you, there's, we don't know how long the civilization has endured. We don't know how, like, what they're like. So, Surmar could be like, you know, it could tie in because it is Illidan's home, you know? Ironically, it's also Tyrande and Malfurion's home. And they're both in this expansion, too. So It's, it's basically... Suramar is going to be interesting. It's going to be yeah. really interesting. And I can't wait to see them open that up. Yeah. Um, that's max level content. So I don't think we're going to see it open up for a little while. Obviously, on, on Alpha right now, 108 is the cap. You can't hit max level just yet. Um, Unless soon. you go to the PvP realm, yeah. Soon, I'm hoping. Yeah, but even if you go to the PvP realm, you're restricted to Dalaran. You can't actually go do any questing or anything like that. Because yeah. um, you're just testing PvP. So, yeah, that wraps it up for our emails, I think. I'm pretty sure. And mm. Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch. And your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. And uh, that's it for this week, as Andrew said. Um, if you have an email for us, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com. We really like getting emails and answering them on the show. It's one of the things we do. Uh, this has been Blizzard Watch Podcast. I'm Matt Rossi. I've been hosting. Thanks, and we'll see you next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.